Hello, everybody. It is November 19th, and I have a special episode today. I've got Lucas O'Brien here, and he is our first official guest that we're going to have on. And he's got some interests that are very similar to mine with a very similar upbringing, because if you didn't notice the same last name, we were brought up in the same household but i really like his perspective and i like how he digs into some of the topics that i'm very interested in so say hello to everybody lucas hey everybody this is lucas um nice to be on the podcast i've talked to mitchell about this for a while so i'm glad we could make it work yeah man and um we got a couple cool stuff cool stuff cool things coming down the pipe like uh um, intros and outros that just sound a little more professional that we're going to be using soon and, you know, having guests like you on here and, um, I'm going to work on getting you some equipment. Cause I think I'm going to try and make you reoccurring because every time you and I speak, we have a really awesome conversation that goes in all of the different directions that I wanted this podcast to go. So it's like, why not have you be a part of it? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> Um, And that's the other thing is you've, you've heard me say this to you a bunch of times, but I feel like we're, you know, just so everybody's clear, we're brothers from the same mother, you know? Correct. <laughs> and um, same father, as far as we know. Yeah, as far as we so, know. So we don't necessarily look like it. But. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I think you and I look pretty, like, the least alike, probably. But we might. Yeah, but um, we are the closest. Well, you are the closest in age to me as the, the other mm-hmm. two. But anyway, I always felt that you had a specialization in be able being able to learn things, being able to research things, and and retain things. And you've not always um, agreed with that, but I I see it. You're better with references and information than I am. Um, mm-hmm. Not that you're bad at doing it, but I've always been more of a, 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 a believer and a doer. Like, if you teach me something, I'm going to do it. And I typically, I guess my astrological chart says something about the, that's a thing. <laughs> but I, I believe mm-hmm. it now because every time I've tried a new spiritual practice, it's like I do it and I'm like, holy crap, that did exactly what it was supposed to do. Um. And part of it's your name, too, and the meaning of your name. Mm. We've talked about that, I think. I don't know if you want to talk about that on here. No, um, we can, because, and you'll have to (laughs) remind me of yours, but I always, the the baby books that I looked it up in were Mitchell means, uh, I think, Christ-like or um, God-like, which we Mm -hmm. we would use the terms. Well, I, I use God on here a lot because that's, what people I think what people really understand I know that you you kind of um brought light to the subject and I I believe it now is that God's not necessarily the proper term and we can get into why now later or whenever but the original scriptures would consider or, or call what every who everybody considers God Yahweh or Elohim El Elyon, there's more, isn't there? Um, there's a lot. Um, it's <clears throat> Elohim is a title 
in Hebrew meaning something along the lines of mighty one. Um, El is Elohim shortened or Eloah is also shortened. It's mm. Eloah is the word meaning like mighty one. And then Elohim would be mighty ones. Oh. Um, so it's the plural. Um, but yeah, then there's, the um, that I always forget. Yeah. Well, and most people just say El if they're going to use it anyway. Um, which is also an ancient Canaanite God. He was considered the high God in Canaanite religion was El, the, the father of all other gods was L, hmm. um, which I think that's kind of how I got into the Hebrew along, you know, throughout history and everything. Um, but then, yeah, his name would be yod heh vav which they, people think is pronounced Yahweh or Yahweh. Um, some people say Yehovah or Jehovah. Um, that's how I say I it with that, my, my friend Kim. Um, and we, we play with Kim a lot, but I respect her. <laughs> her religion because you know in essence i think we believe in the same almighty creator but they mm-hmm. use the term jehovah which would be the jehovah or however you just said it and so yeah. she thinks and, well, fun of her every time i say it and i'm like no i'm trying to be respectful to you like that's your belief yeah i'm like i think it's well, the in the God. modern christian like church you'll hear, you hear jehovah in the modern christian church more so than Sometimes you'll hear Yahweh or you'll hear Jehovah. You won't usually hear Yahweh. That's more of an ancient understanding of the uh, pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you'll hear like Jehovah Jireh and things like that turn around in the church, which I don't remember what Jireh means, like the caregiver or something. I don't know. I probably have a book here that I could pull it up. That's the uh, anyway, yeah. put that the end of Godzilla sometimes. Wait, I don't know. Gojira. That's what it sounded like. Oh, yeah, Gojira. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what I was saying about the name thing is I don't remember what Paul or Paul means in the Greek. Um, it has a different meaning. I think that's what we always thought it meant throughout our lives. But I've learned that in the Hebrew, when the apostle or when Saul had his conversion mm-hmm. and became Paul, he actually took on the name Paul with like a double A. Um, and it it was a, um, it's a Hebrew word meaning worker or servant. Um, so it wasn't about like changing his name to be more Greek. And it wasn't about changing his name to like give his, I mean, it was about showing his position, but it was literally when he says like, I've become a slave to Christ. That's what his name represents. So when I hear your name, you're a Christ like servant, and then our last name means exalted or exalted of the king. So, yeah, you, know, you are a Christ-like servant who is exalted of the king. Because if anybody doesn't know, our last name, Lucas is in mine, is driven from uh, actual royalty in pretty much ancient Ireland. I won't say ancient, but medieval Ireland. So we're going to be demanding a little bit of respect around here now. <laughs> yep. Bow, peasant. Uh, <laughs> but one of the big really, things no, that I wanted to no, talk no. with Lucas today was, you know, an introduction because Lucas and I came to a very similar belief system in very incredibly different ways. Mm-hmm. And then we've kind of, um, you know, gained this relationship that we never, we have, we haven't had, you know, throughout our, our life. And, um, 
started to to actually bounce stuff off of each other and it's been really cool and i just i really appreciate your outlook on it um because it's like when when i talk to you i'm like you have the part of the searching and learning that i i don't so i really i guess i take advantage of it (laughs) (laughs) well you should and that's it i guess i'll I'll go into a little bit of my story real quick just to kind of give a background and i won't give everybody all the details because we'll be here all day talking about a bunch of really boring stuff (laughs) um but like i know we're you know, we talk a lot about dealing with addiction and stuff like that. And I've had my bouts of that on and off, not to the same extent of some people It's never put me in jail or anything, but, um, definitely had my struggles with multiple different types of addiction. And for me, it came from, um, health issues. I started having, um, I had a bone tumor that wasn't cancerous, but I've needed, I've had four hip surgeries on my right hip. And that started when I was 17 Um, through my early twenties. And then after that, I ended up with really bad autoimmune issues that have almost killed me two separate times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and made me bedridden for large portions of my life. Um, sometimes to the point where like I could barely use my brain, but the fog in my mind was so bad. Um, but as I get a little better and like my body was sickly and not functioning well, um, my mind was capable. And so I tried to use that time for something, you know, useful. Cause if not, then you, you fall into addiction and things like that. And you, you know, addiction, idle hands or stuff the, like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Idle hands. Yeah. Um, so I try to use that time to study, to listen to podcasts. Like I, I know Mitchell's mentioned me on the podcast before saying like, yeah, I showed him this podcast. And then he gets a hold of me like a couple weeks later. He's like, yeah, so I listened to all 900 episodes and they're <laughs> You when know. you said that, I went, are you serious? <laughs> I, I knew you had more time on your hands than I did. And I was like trying to listen to some of them, but I looked at how many there were. And I was like, there's no way I have the time <laughs> to start from the beginning and go all the way this far. And it was, it blew my mind at how many they had. Um, it's only 200. It's not 900. Sorry. I, <laughs> I know, but still <laughs> you came back to me a week and a half, two weeks later. And you're like, so you got to listen to this one, this one, this one, and this one. And they were all at different stages of that 200. I was like, you listen to all of these. You're like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, they're like an hour plus. <laughs> yeah, one to three. But that's what I'm saying. Is that I like, yeah, yeah. There are some longer ones, but that's what I'm saying is that I like how, you know, you're, and you could, you know, I mean, I guess we would argue that it's, it's a purposely driven thing that you've been given this time to do this and you have this, you know, I I would call it a gift of being able to remember the stuff or at least storing it. So, but I'd say the main, like the main gift I've been given is I seem to have an ability to just take in information nonstop without being too overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the thing that like, I don't suggest to most people that you go listen to 10 hours of heavy podcasts every day. Um, but like I've been working part time over the past year trying to deal with my health, get some strength back. And so I spend time working out, going for walks, mm-hmm. um, trying to be as active as I can, but also I can only work so much. And so I spend all that time when I'm working out or walking and things like that, listening to podcasts and stuff. So I'm also productive in, in an intellectual way. 
Um, and because of whatever inherent gifting that, that Yah has put on me, I can just take in all that information. And I retain a pretty good amount of it. It's not definitely not all of it, but right. um, like when I study the scriptures, I'll sit down if I have time and, you know, read Jeremiah. And I don't mean like read a little bit of Jeremiah, Jeremiah and then like, you know, chew on it for a while or whatever. Like I read all of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just how, how I work. Like I'll sit down and read it for seven hours straight, you know, only taking like bathroom breaks and drinking water and that, I don't know, it's, you know, it works for me. And I've had somebody ask, they're like, I don't think I could do that. And I said, then don't. But, you know. <laughs> that's my thing <laughs> I do think yeah. we should clarify for people that I haven't used some of the terminology I really believe in just because I, I know that it's not commonly used out there but when we yeah. say things like yeah, yeah, wah, stuff like that we're talking about what most people understand as God out there in yeah. the modern area and era, area the modern area <laughs> um, but then also yeah, I guess I should have uh explain that well no it's okay i didn't really set you up good for that one but um also what was the other i had another part of that oh i've been really open about my beliefs being what i call scripture based which would be uh what i believe the bible is but also what i think are scriptures that have been removed from it and i know that you have more of the terminologies on what's what and in and all of that I just mm -hmm. I think there's more spirit-breathed scripture out there than what's in the Canon 66. And I know you believe that too, but um, I just, you know, you you have a similar uh, foundation, I think, is yours. It's, I guess, the easiest way is scripturally based. And I'm going to, you know, there's a lot of terms out there, and I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm not the Bible thumper uh, churchgoer person that points fingers at people because I know a lot of those and I, I do go to church semi-regularly. Um, but I still have this basis that is still scripture. I, I believe that it's, it's a foundation for belief in this. So that's what I use. And, and you pretty much share that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I just want to clarify real quick to people though that are like, anti-Christian, anti-Bible. Um, one, the Bible isn't a Christian thing. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, yeah. it is, but it's, it's not. It's like the Torah writings go back to ancient Hebrews and the ancient Israelites. Um, that might make people mad, but it's, it's not just a, a Jewish thing either. They don't have the necessarily the rights that they claim to it. It's there's 12 tribes and they're only one of them. Right. Um, Beyond that, the New Testament writings, you know, align with Christianity. Um, there are many other writings that have been taken out over time. There are different writings added. Um, I've read some of the Quran and things like that. Um, yet, don't want to offend anybody. I don't really. The Quran. I don't really align there. I don't. Know, <laughs> I don't know if I had a weird copy of the Quran when I was trying to dig into it, but it's kind of all over the place and. Somebody was trying to be like, it's just, it's basically the same thing. And I'm like, I think there's some reoccurring characters there, but I think that's about it. Like, well, and as you get further in, it gets darker and darker until it's like, yeah, everybody that doesn't believe this needs to die <laughs> or become our slave pretty much. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. 
<laughs> well, some people would argue that the Bible does that in the scriptures and in the biblical uh, belief system from the Torah or the Old Testament would would support that as well because of some of the things that happened during like King David's time when they're going out yeah. just like killing everybody. I and I'm pretty sure you have the same belief, and we can we can talk about it. But I believe that's not really what was happening. They weren't going out and just murdering people, genocide of people who didn't believe what they believed. They were going out and dealing with um, genetic mutations from like the whole watcher situation. And people will be like, well, that's um, antediluvian or pre-flood. And it's like, well, no, it literally said in those scriptures that that was that way then and after. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to believe in the extra books for that stuff. Uh, Cause it's in Genesis. It says, there were giants in the land at that time and after. Yeah. Um, and if you, I've listened to some modern Hebrew scholars that talk about like anybody that's not sure about that stuff. And is like, yeah, I don't know. It's the Sethites or it's, you know, whatever. Um, like Genesis six is about a mixing of different sons of God that are of a higher nature than human beings and making abominations that weren't supposed to be there. And it, it, the rest of scripture is shaped by that. Well, and, if um, and when you don't to, have that, or go ahead. I was going to say, if anybody wants to do the Sethite argument that how the, those people just branched off and they're like everybody else. And they be, they just ate really well and became giants. Like, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know uh, I don't think that's how it works. Uh, I mean, it, and are, that, that's, Children were supposed to be the holy ones, right? Yeah. So, so when they, you know, Cain's kids or whatever intermingled with Seth's kids, then it was like, oh, they make these abominations that were not supposed to be created and are doomed to hell, right? Like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. No. Um. Anyway, I don't. I don't want to argue people on that, but um. Well, I was going to say earlier, um, before we got into that, that's. I've also studied um, Buddhism some. I've studied um, Taoism some. And I think there's, there's a lot of merits to those things. And they actually, if you look into them, a lot of it aligns with the teachings of the Messiah or the Christ mm-hmm. in Christian belief. Mm-hmm. In the actual like Tao Te Ching and the Buddhist, the original Buddhist teachings, I just to throw it out there too. I don't necessarily agree with Buddhism or Taoism in like the religions taught by it, but like the initial writings and the things that they talk about are actually very similar to a lot of things in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I've done similar. I started to, to kind of dig into, I, I guess other, I was, I'll say other belief systems because I, as soon as you put the religion on it, like it just kind of dies in my interest. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you've dug into a more, but what I would do is I kind of went the way that I'm, I'm good at is I would dig into some of their practices, their meditation practices, their affirmation practices, you know, the things they said that this, you should do this. If this, if you want to, um, overcome your suffering or if you, you know, whatever it is, the different, yeah. you know, if you want, a better experience in this life, like try these things and I would try those things and they would work. And then I would hear some of the things and I would talk with you and you'd tell me like, well, this lines up with that. And I would look into it and be like, yep, yeah, well, there it is. It does. 
Um, <laughs> so, so I kind of have this belief that you could say there are people out there that could say I have a, a, a Christianity based belief system, but it's deeper than that. I don't like to say that. And I really do believe that all of the different belief systems out there, everything's got some truth into it, good or bad. And some of them, like you mentioned, like the Buddhist principles and the Taoism and stuff like that. Like there's, there's a lot of teachings in there that really do, um, you know, line up with the Messiah and in, in Christ and, and, you know, for terminology that people understand, you know, Jesus from the Bible. So, and And, and the the main reason I say that and like bring that up is that I kind of want to, um, get past the shielding of, of certain people who might be like, Oh, they're just talking Christianity. It's like, well, yes, but no. Um, because we've looked into the other stuff and we've, we've sifted through things and found what we believe to be truth and trying to share with people like, you know, like I would never look at a Buddhist and be like, everything you believe is evil and it's all of the devil. And it's like, I think some of it's deception, but it, that's like, but I also yeah. believe that some of the Christianity that we were, we were brought up to believe is also deception now. So yes, exactly. Know. And that's the, what you can't get into with most people, but it's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't like calling myself a Christian kind of like you said, because I don't think like I, I believe what's in scripture and I try to walk out what's in scripture and that doesn't look like most Christians I've ever met. Nope. Um, and I've had a lot of bad experiences in my life with Christians. Yeah. <laughs> most of the worst experience I've ever had with Christians. And so I don't like that title because it, it puts a bad taste in people's mouth, which is really sad. It's like, it should not be that way because they claim to follow, you know, Jesus or Yahushua, um, Yeshua, but they, they don't. <laughs> and it's not all Christians. Like some Christians are great and they actually do. And they'll lay their life down for you and they will give seeking no return and they will help the poor and the needy and, and like the things that he actually said, but then like others are not so great. To be well, they do it for the, <laughs> the feel good or they do it for the, um, the, the visual, you know, so people can see them and think that they're good people and, you know, stuff yeah. like that, you know, for the and power. A lot of times it's about power too. You can work yeah. your way up. But yeah. And that's, that's not good either, but pretty much everything that I've talked about on this podcast that I believe, even when it comes to, I've tried to, bring up like mythical creatures and obviously we've we're on a, a alien kick for a really long time and all of that stuff for me weaves itself into this so when i'm talking about scripture and i'm talking about my beliefs and i talk about the you know ancient hebrew and and this you know just all of this stuff bring you know yahusha jesus into it like it's all part of the same thing for me. Like these aren't, aren't different things. Um, yeah. you know, so that's, that's another big thing is, is I feel like if you're going to talk about one, you know, it's, it's attached to an other and there's other people out there talking about this, like you, uh, and, and talking in this way and believing in this, you know, the, this way, like they believe in all of these different things, but they also believe that these, all of these things are attached and there's this, biblical i don't want to say theological but there's just so many it's limited terminology um mm-hmm. 
of you know there, there's an attachment <laughs> everywhere because it just it, it fits in there somehow if you really look into it yeah and and, and that's you know same thing for me is like my, my belief system kind of holds all of that and i'm not sure where i stand on a lot of it but like you know if your bible can't and your belief system can't keep up with bigfoot who there's millions of sightings every year then something's wrong. If, if you just have to go, oh, it's demons. Like, something's wrong, you know? <laughs> you got to have a better explanation than that. And if you go, like, Congress is talking about aliens right now. They're, they're have, they have a whole team trying to figure out the whole alien thing and, like, everything that's been hidden by the, the different three-letter agencies and stuff like that. And so, like, what happens when they have one on the nightly news, you know, standing next to the president making a peace treaty what, what's your Bible say about that? Because my understanding of it covers that. Right. And spoilers, it's, it's not a good thing, but it, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I feel exactly the same. And I, my, my belief system isn't fully structured yet. I'm still trying to figure it out because I feel like over generations and generations, and I'm talking thousands of years here, that things have been chopped up and changed and retranslated and they put this word in to make it sound a little better. And the, well, that book has too much truth in it. We got to get rid of it. It'll, you know, we can't have people yeah. believe in that. And so we're trying to figure out, and that's kind of what I wanted this podcast to be is let's dig into stuff, be it theological, be it astrological, be it astronomy, uh, just meditation practices, stuff that we're finding that works, stuff that we're interested in and why we're interested in it. Because I don't know if you're like me, where if I start to feel, believe, and understand that something isn't the truth, I lose interest in it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't want to entertain that anymore. And I'll I'll entertain things that I don't think are full truths for a really long time because I'll I'll be like, well, I feel like there's something to this, but we don't understand it properly. Uh, you know, so I'll you know talk about it and bring it up to you. And that, that's another thing I like to bring up to you are some of my partial, I guess I'll say partial beliefs because you'll have and you'll be like, well, I learned, and I'll be like, that's really crazy. I didn't even know you even looked into that. Um, and then you give me a different perspective, and I like that. Yeah, and you definitely help me in the same way. And like you said, you you know your practice, like you practice it more than I do. Mm-hmm. Where I I learn about a lot of things, and like I try um, meditation and prayer is a really hard thing for me. That's part of my walking. I'll go for long walks because I get really ADD and ADHD in my mind, and that focuses me. Right. Um, so I have an easier time meditating if I'm running or walking and like focusing and actually talking to a higher power, to the creator. Um, when I'm, you know, doing something. <laughs> so I try to do that, but like, I, I admire, you know, just for those listening, like I come to Mitchell with, you know, questions about meditation and things like that, because he'll tell me things where I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. And, you know, that's where we've learned, like we have very different gifting, you know, where you excel at different things. Well, and you've also brought up different practices to me. Like I've heard of this and then I've tried it and I don't have an example for that right off the top of my head. But I remember this summer you mentioned something and I tried it and I was, and then I was like, yeah, dude, like I like got something from that. 
Um, a really big example for meditation for me um, is, so I believe in all these different theological, biblical things, but I still believe in some of the new age things too. Like, I just feel like the mysticism that's out there, there's truth behind it. Like people believe this mm-hmm. for a reason. And um, so the chakra system, I don't like calling it that, but that's what our language has for it right now for people to understand what we're talking about. Um, yeah. The seven energy centers of the body. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like there are very many biblical anchors for this concept when it comes to the seven spirits of God, the different lights in the, the Old Testament that they talk about, the uh, you know how they anointed people and, and just stuff like that. The menorah itself. You know, like that's just, yeah. you know, it's all some symbolic, but I'm going to throw a, an example that happened just within the last couple of weeks is, and I, it's, it's an, it's an embarrassing medical situation. So I'm not going to throw it all out there, <laughs> <laughs> but I was having this medical situation and it was not clearing up. And I guess I'll just throw out there that it's very close to the root chakra. Let's go with that. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I've been upset because I've been making myself really busy in my life and I have not been able to do meditations as much as I did before and actually pay attention to those energetic centers and move it through there and, and keep myself clear. And so one day I was just like, you know what? I'm taking time and I'm going to focus on it because I had this medical condition and I looked it up and you got to be careful with Google, but you can sift through some stuff and start to find some repeating um, patterns and, and realize that some of the stuff that's in there is good. But if, you know, what are the spiritual side effects of this medical? And it, everybody use your own intuition and discernment, but it blocked up uh, root chakra. And I was like, well, I haven't grounded recently because it's getting colder out here. I haven't meditated consistently especially not that deeply in a really long time and um, just kind of been ignoring it. So I'm like, I guess it would make sense that I would have a physical manifestation of, of a blockage. And um, so I meditated for, it was like 20 minutes later that day, there was a considerable change in the condition. There's something that was creeping up on me for seven days later that day. I decided to do this meditation. There's a considerable change that came with a, 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 a noticeable relief in the discomfort I was in. And mm-hmm. then over the next week, there was this like after effects of it. And so I meditated again, almost the exact same thing. And it's just sometimes my meditations are literally just putting on the right frequency or sound or um, music of right frequencies and just breathing properly and feeling the breath move through the different energetic centers of chakras and really just sitting it there and focusing on it and then breathing out and trying to attach any negativity to the breath before letting it go. And it it can be really simple. I've had other ones that have been more, more complex, but it can be really simple. And that's, that's what I was doing. So then the after effects, it just wasn't like healing up all the way for like the next week, but it, I wasn't in the pain I was anymore, the discomfort. So I did uh, another meditation and weird at the same, the same day, one of my friends contacted me and he'll do this every once in a while. he will be just, he'll just shoot me a text. Hey Mitch, what do you got for me to pray for? Just randomly. 
And so that day I was like, oh, I've been doing work at the um, um, homeless shelter in town, the, the big one. And um, so I was, I think I was going there the next day. So I was like, can you pray for guidance while I'm at the homeless shelter so I can like talk to people and, and be effective? And then I'm going through this thing that I don't really want to talk about, but physical healing. And I did the meditation, asked my friend to pray, and it's pretty much been gone since. So I would say in my experience, those are noticeable, measurable results. Yeah. Anybody that's can awesome. say it's, it's a coincidence. And that's just like the most recent one. There's other ones, but that's the most recent one. And it's like a two-step thing. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, it's just like these things. And, um, yeah, man, it's just intention and, and stuff. So when people want to be like, meh, there's nothing to it. Like, I think that they're wrong. But I think the biggest thing, like, that's awesome because that's that – I've had very few experiences where I've had, like, a noticeable physical experience through meditation. Mm-hmm. But the um, the relaxation I've been able to find in my mind, um, like I said, I get really ADHD. I'm, like, all over the place. Um, I squirrel real hard where I jump from thing to thing. And, like, that helps me learn stuff because I find paths that, like, other people – you know, they're 10 miles back. I've jumped to a hundred different things. And I'm way off in the bushes somewhere learning about something they didn't even know exists uh-huh. uh, because of that. But it also like drives me nuts. And I used to have a hard time sleeping sometimes because of it. And now like through, um, meditative practice and like anybody, if meditation triggers you, it's cause you don't understand prayer. Yeah. Like the actual meaning of the word prayer in the Hebrew and like the, the quiet, meditation, the focus on the breast, that all of those things are, are all one and the same. They go together. They're not supposed to be separated. Yep. Um, and so through that, I really focus on my breathing when I'm restless at night and I don't have a hard time falling asleep anymore. Well, um, if I, I do, I, I just kind of meditate myself to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, this is funny. I try to astral project myself to sleep now. Um, but before that, I was going to say, um, I will say that my meditative process and the physical stuff, examples of it in, in results came after the mind calming stuff had to figure that out first and then started to get, I will say the first time I ever meditated, I could feel it physically within my body but that was just like the energy moving and the breath going beyond the lungs type situation or what um, some uh, practices call the prana. Um, And so I felt that the first time, but that was about it. And, um, but no, it was really the, the mind calming stuff is that that comes first and you're never going to, cause I read this thing recently that was really, it was really good. And I, think I saved it. I don't know. But they said, um, people are asking them how to, how to meditate. And they're like, well, just push everything out of your mind. So you're not thinking about absolutely anything. And oh, it was a YouTube video. And, um, and they're like, okay, how far did you get? And he goes, 
because when I try not to think about anything, I get about three seconds and I start thinking about not thinking about (laughs) anything. And he goes, it's not possible. Your brain does not not think about anything. That's not how you're put together. That's not how you're made. But and if you achieve that, you achieve becoming a vegetable, and you're no longer human. And that's your dad. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really interesting because they're always like, "Quiet your mind and just release everything, and you know, just push everything." And he's like, "That's not attainable. It's not a thing that anybody does. Anybody who's ever had any success in it, they don't do it that way." And I was like, "That makes a lot of sense because there will always be something there." Yeah. That's where studying Buddhism helped me a lot because um, I read I read like seven books about Buddhism and meditation over this past summer and practiced quite a bit of it while I was doing it. And um, I think it, it was a common theme. I don't know if it was in all of them, but it was a common theme at least that like meditation isn't about getting rid of your thoughts. It's about stepping back and not holding on to them. And so you learn to observe your thoughts like you're sitting in a park and there are people walking by. Yep. So you might look at it and go, oh, that's nice. And then you just let it go. That's and see a, another one. Oh, that one, that's a pretty thought. Oh, that's an ugly thought. Oh, that, that that's one. a really good analogy. Yeah, I heard it. And it was like a really practical book about meditation from somebody who was like a 50-year like monk, master, woman. That I don't know. She lived in Tibet and and she broke it down into like the simplest terms that like anybody could understand. I'm like, this is good. This is a good way to learn this. I would have to say it, that makes, that reminds me of early meditation for me or just mindfulness. Because I mean, I, I feel like mindfulness is just a, a, a like a, a non-invasive form of meditation because you're really just trying to, you know, observe yourself and, when I started, my head was a tornado of trauma, hard feelings, shame, and just all of this stuff from trying to get into recovery and all the stuff that I had done and how I had wronged people and just stuff like that. And I talked to somebody very recently who described exactly where my head was in early recovery. And they're in early recovery. And it felt good because I was able to explain it to them and what I did. And he came back and was like, that worked. He's like, when we started talking, I was like, how the hell? But when I did what you said, it started to work. I'm like, good. (laughs) I'm not nuts. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it really was. It's like you, it's, it's more observing what you got going in there and trying to organize it maybe or slow it down. Yeah. There's, and there's a different techniques that do different things. Um, but that's why they tell you to focus on your breath because your breath is constant. Most people can't feel their heartbeat well enough to focus on your heart. I think once you meditate, once you get in a good meditative state, you can feel your heart and then it's nice to focus on your heart because it's like constant. Yeah. Um, but your breath waxes and wanes and it gives you something to constantly focus on, which detaches you from your thoughts. Um, and then you can observe your thoughts cause you're focusing on your breath instead of focusing on the thoughts and that whole thing. But and yeah. then it gets back into the physical when you're trying to meditate for some sort of healing. Like I did this last week is I knew that my, or I learned and believed that my issue that I was having was 
connected to that energetic center, that chakra. So I really wanted to push energy through there. Cause it's like, I feel like I'm holding on to something there. And if people don't know, and they're new to chakras and that side of spirituality is your root, the bottom one, that's got a lot to do with your survival instinct. People hold a lot of trauma there, um, which could be taken to a lot of different dirty jokes and we're just not going to go there. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, it, it's true. And it's because it's the, the closest main um, big out of the seven energetic centers to where you, you know, ground yourself. Um, and there, and you and I have, you and I have talked about this whole kind of belief system where I'm starting to believe like the heart is the center center and your survival, yeah. <clears throat> your survival chakras or energetic centers are to the bottom in your, you well, know, I've, got a, I've got a whole, I opened up my notebook, <laughs> which I can share some of this today if you want, or in the future at some point, like seven and light and vibration and the chakras and the menorah. And I've got notes on like all of it, the seven spirits mentioned in scripture, the seven feasts, the, and and how it all connects with the chakra system, the energy center system, how the, there's the upper spiritual, and then there's the lower physical connected by the heart. Mm-hmm. So everything. And, and it's when you start to understand the feast of scripture, you see how they all connect. So like the crown connects to the root and the sacral connects to the third eye and the throat connects to the solar plexus and, and they all connect to the heart in it. Yeah. And I think that, um, as much as people don't want to, you know, maybe some people who believe in the scriptural stuff don't want to believe in more like the new age astrology and stuff like that. I think that affects it. Um, some of your planet placements and stuff. If you look into it and your, your um, different align, different placements will have a different element, the uh, you know, air, fire, earth, water, and your energetic centers, the chakras are all, they, they're the same. They have the same, um, attack, not attachments, but some symbolism with the elements. So when somebody like me who has over 50% fire in their chart of their astrological placements, which if somebody wants to fight me on this, I'll show you where it talks about astrology in the Canon 66. Uh, yeah (laughs) so (laughs) like like fight me and for those (laughs) questioning joseph jacob's son joseph in egypt who was the high ruler under pharaoh yeah he used it um it's in some of the books that were taken out um I, i think it's in genesis as well but daniel talks about it i mean the star that led them to jesus it's all over the place like, my favorite one's joe all over joe yeah just thrown and like covered in it um so it's there and it's like so like if you want to look for evidence of the chakra system it's there if you want to look for evidence of reincarnation i believe it's there um it's all part of yeah god whatever source it's all part of his plan and his his uh, design of everything. So it's like it's it's not this demonic. They're not these demonic things like people that go to evangelical Christian churches are led to believe. You know, it's it's something that it's all part of it, um, and how things work. Yeah, I, I do want to add to that real quick. If you're new to all of it, 
um, there's a lot of deception out there. And if you get real swept up, and no offense to anybody in the New Age or Kabbalah or anything like that, but like, I believe there's some real dangerous stuff you can get mixed up in if you're not careful with it. Yep. But it's just like anything else. So like, I, I keep going back to the garden. I don't know if I said it yet, but I've been thinking it that like, the snake in the garden looked at Eve and said, you know, did God say that you can't eat of any tree? And he, he took the truth and twisted it just a little bit. Yep. Because God said, don't eat of these two. And he goes, oh, well, he told you you can't eat of any tree, right? And that's how he started his deception. So he took a, a statement, twisted it just a little bit, and he took something true and turned it into something false that was dangerous. And that's what happens in a lot of this stuff. It's like there's truth in it, but we get mixed up in some sort of deception so that we can never walk in the true light that we're supposed to. Well, I think what you need to do, and I think the intuition out there for people to, to – cause I have a feeling that the the key that makes things right or wrong in this situation, it's just the terms I'm going to use, pure or impure, I don't know, but is the intention. Is if you're in a pure intention and you're doing something, you're going to feel off if that what you're doing is not a pure thing. Like there's an alignment. Yeah. So I would use that, and I feel like that intuition is more prominent right now in this exact modern time than it has been in a long time. Not probably as prominent as it has been ever, because I think people have been a lot more tuned in it than they are now. But for, for a long time, people are starting, it's, it's like there's a wave of awakening, and so people mm-hmm. are starting to find that. So I always tell people, use that, your antenna of intuition. <laughs> Um, but then also I really think people need to try and get that connection, call it your conscience, call it your higher self, call it the collective, call it whatever you want. I call it, you know, yeah, or God, you know, and it, he guides me. And there have been times where I'm like, well, I really want to do, and it's like, no, there have been times where I've like, I don't know why I'm thinking this and, and I did it. And it's like, it, it's just, it's worked out and it's been good, you know? So mm-hmm. that's a, that's another thing that I really want people to do. The, the church system has this really big bounce things off of other people. You have to bounce things go to your off past. of them. Always go to your past. Yeah. And elders and, and stuff like that. I don't like that because I don't trust many of them. Well, in the scriptures say, um, I don't remember exactly where, but in the new Testament, I think it was Yeshua, Jesus who said it, that it's don't call any man father. Cause you already have a father in heaven. Right. And then it goes on later after his resurrection to say that he is our great high priest. And that the only one that goes between us is the Holy spirit or the Ruach HaKodesh, which is, his spirit. Yeah. Like spirit of Yeshua, the spirit of Jesus. It's his spirit. That's what he says in John. He makes it very, very clear in John 14 through 16. He reemphasizes it three times, making it more clear each time. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I'm leaving, but I'm coming back to you. Okay. 
<laughs> shaking them like, please hear me, you dummy. Yeah. Um, and then it still says he didn't get it to after the resurrection, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so they finally start to understand they interact with the Ruach, the spirit, and they, by doing so, they interact directly with their great high priest, which is Yeshua. And through that, they get the revelation. They get, you know, they follow their intuition into what is right and true. Um, it's not bad to have wise counsel, but right. a degree doesn't make counsel wise. I, I, I got to say something here. I got I got to okay. say something here because in ever since you right when you started to talk it it's I have experience with this recently. And so the group that I'm with we this subject is what made me not go to that small group anymore. But like Bible like a Bible study. And they picked out two maybe three scriptures of how you're supposed to discern if it's a message from God or not. And it was always, you have to bounce it off somebody else. You have to do this. You have to like write it down. And, and there was from the different, a couple different books about Hezekiah, I want to say Hezekiah, Haggai, something like that, or whatever they call they were, it. They were a couple of verses taken out of context too. And every, but yeah. But I would say that, if you actually read the scriptures and you go back and you look at how the prophets did it, the guys who back when not everybody could have this connection, they were the guys with the connection. Mm-hmm. They, it was more of a relationship and they, every time they got a, a message or even uh, David, you know, there's, or even uh, Saul before he lost it all. Um, they would pray and say, Hey, they would ask a question and they would get an answer and they'd be like, okay, doesn't say anything about, and they went to all of their advisors and wondered if this was of the good or the bad, you know, it, there, there is none of that. So I think what they wanted to, to, to pull out of that is this control setup that I don't even know that they knew they were doing. I think they just are trying to be cautious but it's it's an overcautious thing, and it's setting up a cage for people to live in. Um, yeah. Well, unless you is, see what- uh, Samuel, that's where I wanted to leave it off at. Was Samuel? I think it was when he okay. went into, and he was a young man, and he heard the voice of Yah for the first time, and he yeah. thought it was his teacher or whatever. Um, he kept going in and being like, "Hey, what do you need?" He's like, "I'm sleeping, bro." <laughs> and that happened a couple times. And then the guy's finally like, I think you're hearing the voice of Yah or God for the listeners. Um, next time you hear it, just say what, <laughs> you know, what can I do for you? And like, that's not what it was, but like, like I, I'm your servant. Like it was respectful. Like I'm your servant. What can I do for you basically? And so then he did it and he got even more of it. And so even in that instance, this connection that they're having the spiritual leader said you need to stop coming to me and start trusting you know the voice start trusting the voice of of the father and i there is still a level of discernment because people can get a voice from the other side you know and i know that you've talked about that and you've experienced that and mm-hmm. so there is a level of discernment. You are going to get a very similar 
communication from things that are not the, you know, the higher power, but not trusting it when it's leading you in a pure direction feels disrespectful to the personality that literally created absolutely everything that exists. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how it feels like to me. And then there's also scripture. I don't remember it is, you know, I know my shepherd's voice, something like that. Yeah. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. And there's a few. Yeah. So it's like, once you get into it and you know it, like you start to discern which is which. And And for those of you out there that like, don't know how to, maybe you don't hear anything. I'd say it's because you're not asking and your mind's not quiet enough. You will eventually, if you seek, if you seek, you will find, if you knock, the door will be open to. I read this Um, awesome book that said to be a seer, you need to be a looker. And so to be a hearer, or, you know, a listener, you need to be a, like a hearer or whatever. It's like the same yeah. concept. I can't remember, but it was amazing. It was this book but and it was like the, the, seven the, dessert. the what? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> it was a little bit of a leg. So we talk over each other sometimes, but oh, sorry. Um, the, the discernment thing um, as well, like don't initially don't automatically think that you're hearing from the creator when you reach out because the enemy comes as an angel of light and he prowls as a lion seeking who he can devour. And so you test it through scripture. Like if, if you're not sure what the truth is, test it by the truest morality. Does it go against the 10 commandments? Does it go against, um, like, are you being asked to harm your neighbor or something like, like, because there, there are some things that are really easy to tell and there are other things that aren't as easy. And it's by knowing the words of God that you can then discern whether it's him. And eventually you get to know his voice because you become his sheep and he becomes your shepherd. And then, you know, once you know his voice, you don't have to do that as much. Like you still take things to scripture, but um, that's how you learn to do it for anyone that doesn't know. Well, and that's another thing that, that, upset me when I started to actually, I'd been getting these and for people wondering, probably sounds like we're talking about voices in our head and you need medication for that or something, you know, being crazy, which I don't think is out of the, out of the realm of possibility. That's, I think that's how some of the prophets from the Torah uh, heard his voice. But just like I mentioned Samuel, like he literally thought it was a voice of another person and went to the next closest person and went, what do you want? You know? So I think that is a possibility. I've heard more evidence of people getting, um, I don't want to say intrusive thoughts because that sounds, that sounds bad, but they're thoughts that aren't yours. And I have a deeper belief in it with, and you know what I'm, you know, direction and, and stuff like that, where I th- feel like I've been just feeling it out as much as I could there for a while. And we'll talk about that another time. But, you know, it's really more of thought space in your mind. Um, yeah. And you're going to get And I would say it's, it's the spirit. It's like, it, it's your spirit. It's who you actually are. And I was throw this out. This be a topic for a later time, I think, but what thoughts actually are yours? Because most thoughts just come to us anyway. Right. We don't actually come up with them. Most of them just are all of a sudden in our head. So it's not such a crazy idea that your brain is an antenna receiving 
outside, you know, information. Um, anybody that questions that just really sit down and then look at your thoughts. Like meditators will notice like, where did that come from? Like that wasn't me, but it's there. <laughs> All <laughs> thoughts too, and I was like, I don't want to think this. Why yeah. am I thinking that? <laughs> you know, and people are like, well, it's because you're inherently sinful and that's the way you were born is that way. <sighs> it irritates me, but, <laughs> and you can talk about the soul versus the spirit and ego and shadow and, and all the different names for all the same things. But, um, yeah, so there's there's definitely that discernment and where your thoughts come from. That book, it's like the four ways to hear God's voice or the seven ways to hear God's voice or the three ways. I can't remember what it was, but it was really good. It's what really broke it open for me to really start realizing that the communications I was getting that I was understanding as angels were, and they were pointing me to my Heavenly Father to actually start to hear his voice and understand and have that intuitive connection with him. And it's cool because a lot of times I have that connection and I know that it's his voice. I have the activation of the crown chakra. Um, and I feel like there's scriptural um, evidence to just in illustrations and, and stuff like that carried down over the centuries that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of it. Well, and the whole, like, New Age teaching of it is that that's how you connect with Christ consciousness into higher levels of thinking and everything anyway. Yeah. So that aligns, <laughs> sorry to say it, but the New Age there aligns with Christian thought process. Well, that's what that book was, was said, that a lot of New Age is actually closer to what they were calling Christian mysticism, which is a good yeah. thing. Um, mm-hmm. and how Christianity should actually be looked at rather than the new age. And they, they said, like what you said a minute ago is there's contortions to it. There's it's, it's off a little bit. And that's what I always tell people. I'm like, 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 look at these like lines going straight up and down. Like that, that's the truth in it. And new age is the truth, but they just kind of off to the side just a little bit. So, it's just, just, just barely off, you know? And I think it's because these yeah. people are getting these, a lot of people call them downloads. I call them communications and they're getting taught these things without having a scriptural background. And so the, the, the communication from, we'll say the dark side of the force comes in and just skews it up a little bit and they don't have that discernment. So that's where these almost truthful, skewed ideals are coming from. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and it's, there's things about that in, in uh, the New Testament where, like, Jesus called himself the cornerstone. And it's like, if you don't, if you don't set the foundation, put the cornerstone in place and build everything off of it, you're you can crumble like you can you can be swayed any direction you can and because they're getting these i call them revelations because they're things that are revealed to you and so you get all these revelations of these amazing things and you have absolutely no grounding for what you're going to connect it to and so you look into new age and you look into kabbalah and you look into 
you know, all sorts of mystical, magical things. And you, you're trying to piece it together because no one's ever told you what it is. And especially if you're a Christian and you grew up in a denomination, that's like gifts of the spirit aren't real. People don't get healed anymore with laying out of hands. Tongues isn't a thing. You know, they go down all this thing, like saying all this stuff doesn't exist. Then you're in really dangerous territory because you're like, I'm experiencing this stuff. It feels right in my conscience but it's all demonic. Right. You know? <laughs> so then you, a lot of people end up leaving the church and stuff because the, the church tells them it's evil. Right. And that's what um, happened and, when, and I, it, when I finally shared my um, experience with angels was I shared it with church people because that's who I thought I could trust. And most of them went fingers crossed demons. That's yeah. demonic. Stop. And then just two that I trusted came up and said, no, we think this is biblically based in that you're onto something. And then when those communications, like I said, they led me in an appear intention to the father. And like, that's when I was like, Oh, this is what really, that's what actually happened. <laughs> and it was a good, you know, so. Well, the demon thing is it's so naive and ignorant and yeah, like it, Cause like just for your listeners, like I've seen demons with my actual eyes. I've seen them with my spiritual eyes. I've cast them out of myself and out of places that I've lived and I've dealt with them and other people. And demons are very scary at first, but once you start to understand a few things, they're really not. And they're really weak and they're really not that hard to understand. Like they're ancient and they're intelligent, Yeah, but they're lustful and they like, they lust for the flesh. They lust for blood. They lust for pain. They lust for fear. They, you know, they have all these lusts for, for these primal things. Fear. And like, what, I think is something comes. Yeah. It, well, I think they feed on it. Yeah. And it, it makes, it powers them up. And once you stop fearing them, that's part of my experience is once I stop fearing them, they, they stop showing up because they're like, like I was casting them out and stuff and then they'd show up less because they got sick of getting cast out. But like, eventually I just looked like, I looked at one one day and it was like this eight foot shadow in the corner of my room. Uh And I looked at it and I turned around and I went to sleep and it never came back again after that. (laughs) It's like, you weren't even finding it anymore. You're like, I don't, I don't (laughs) Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm just done. Like, and I think it was like, well, this isn't fun. Like there's there's no fight here. There's no fear that, you know, um, but like there are things out there that are much, much darker and much more ancient than demons and much scarier because they come clothed in light and they come clothed in a silver tongue that sounds like pretty words and good promises. And they're, it, it's straight up evil from like before create the creation of the earth. Yep. And that's the stuff you got to watch out for more so than demons are the little ponds. Like, um, I don't know why I went into all that. But <laughs> no, right. uh, the, the ones that you were just talking about, the clothed in light, silver tongues, like those were the ones that I feel um, the extraterrestrial thing starts to cross into. That's where that line comes oh, yeah. into it for me. And I don't think all of them are bad, but I think, and, and, and I think I, the watcher part of the body of the body, the Bible, um, is also one that that's, that has a little bit of a crossover into the extraterrestrial thing. Um, I yeah. don't think aliens and extraterrestrials are what 
people want to believe them to be. Um, so that's where my belief in that crosses over. And I'm not going to get into much of that today because I don't have a ton of belief in it. I have very, I have experience, but it's very little. Um, but I did, I just do want people to like, that's, that's kind of where the roots of my belief in that is. And I also, it's interesting that you brought up the, the pre-creation thing because mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that since yesterday and I can't remember, I can't remember what my thought was on it. It had something to do with, um, it had something to do with recovery and how I had this like conversation in my head with myself, which was it with myself or not, but, um, it was that Yah likes to destroy things to create new things out of them. And I think that that's what's happening in part of the creation story in the Bible. And that there's a pre-Adamic, is that how they say it? Pre-Adamic yeah. world. Pre-Adamic. But that's also what happens to people like in recovery is we get destroyed. You almost have to when you want to come out of recovery. Like, like there aren't many people who halfway into a small issue and then when it comes to addiction and recovery, like most people destroy their lives. Yeah. I, I told somebody the other day, they said something about hitting, it was like for a while there hitting rock bottom was my favorite thing. I was like, yeah, I hit rock, hit rock bottom with a pickaxe and kept going. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it was yeah. like, you know? So I was like, I was doing everything I possibly could to destroy myself and didn't even really realize it, you know? So, but I think that's, and so this, this creation analogy of a person being in, you know, substance use recovery, and then this, all of a sudden this pre-edemic world creation, they were all in my head at the same time. And it's like, he was telling me, it's like, it's the same thing. I did the same thing. I do it in you guys. And I did it back then with everything. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, if you really look at the wording, used in scripture it's like the earth had been made desolate and void and I've got a little bit on that that ties in the aliens which might be interesting for people so, so on the whole pre-Adamic thing um, and planets and I, I don't have a I don't have proof for this <laughs> I don't have a very I'd say I don't have a super strong belief in it. Like, I'm not sure, but I've listened to a lot of things, read a lot of things, and through different testimony and things I've listened to about people delivered from some really messed up stuff, I think that every planet in our solar system was populated at one point. I've heard that. I also think that there was another planet that's been completely destroyed. Yep. Um, That's where the asteroid vote comes from? Is that where you're going? I believe so. It's between what the Earth and something. Neptune or <laughs> Jupiter, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, or Mars and Jupiter. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not great with all that stuff. But yeah, I think it's Mars and um, Jupiter because I think it's. I think it is. Yeah. Isn't it Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, asteroid belt, Jupiter? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they think. Well, no. I guess the next one would be Saturn. 
I think Saturn's rings have something to do with just ancient destruction as well. Well, they also think that when, if you go by the atheistic evolution form of creation, that Saturn's rings are so young that if we could use telescopes when human, like human being, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Homo sapien, but considered human species evolved that Saturn didn't have rings. That's how fresh Saturn's rings are. Are they like tens of thousands of years old, maybe? Something like, I think 13 was one. Well, Interesting. They're, they're saying that, you know, Homo sapiens, their timeline is Homo, Homo sapiens, us, look, look in, you know, our DNA species, something like 80,000 to 100,000 years, something like that. Okay. Um, and then there are human species before that considered human species, but annoyed something, but yeah. And that, and I mean, I don't really subscribe to evolution fully. I think there's something there. Yeah. Um, but I also don't subscribe to the earth's only 6,000 years old. Um, and a lot of Christian archeologists are starting to believe that Noah's flood was probably 10 to 12,000 years ago. I've always thought that argue that with our youngest brother, he will die. <laughs> he will die on the fact that the earth's only seven, six to 7,000 years old. Well, and I would have a couple years ago. Yeah. There's, it, there's a lot of prophecy that you can actually draw from to come to that conclusion, but we won't go into all that. Um, but anyway, with all that, like there, there was a pre-flood era, the golden age when the gods ruled with man. And we thought it was, you know, we look back on it with this whole, like we think it's this beautiful, amazing thing, but like it's actually believed that we were pretty much slaves, um, and that the gods did rule, and half god, half humans rule. Like it was a half god, half humans. Like the stories of like Hercules, you know, demigods, that kind of thing. Also, the Nephilim would have been this kind of thing, whether they were giants or not. Mm-hmm. Um, where they had because mankind was given dominion of the earth by the creator. They had right to rule because they were half mankind. Right. Whereas these other beings don't have right to rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so they made hybrid children that are half human so that they had right to rule through their hybrid children. Do you know um, what other belief that directly parallels like almost perfectly? Is it the Anunnaki? Yeah, Mesopotamian yeah. Anunnaki. Which my belief that one of the brothers in that little war that happened, the ones that ruled everything, the yeah. good one that came to South America, I, I think I might have. Of Enki, I thought I I I think Enki was the bad one. No, Enlil was the bad one. Enlil, okay. Yep. I always thought it was the other way around, but it's kind of like the Egyptians came from Enlil, and he was the bad one that wanted to enslave. And then Enki went to South America, whatever the continents looked like back then. But they found, and in Mesopotamia was all part of like the beginning of the Anunnaki thing. Um, I wish I could remember the name of that one place. But anyway, um, Adam's Calendar, I think they call it, hmm. has something to do with it. It's over there in that area, the Mesopotamia area. Well, um, South America might have actually been one continent in Africa at this point. Well, I mean, it's pretty easy to so. puzzle pieces <laughs> together. 
Yeah, it's pretty obvious. It's like those two fit together perfectly. The billion-year-old Earth people believe that you know the continental drift um, thing is a thing with that. But anyway, there was a that bowl. I think I might have told you about that was found. I can't remember if I told you or not. That was found in um, yeah, South America somewhere, but it is uh, Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia, Sumerian, which yeah. were the people that we have all of the information from the Anunnaki on. Mm-hmm. Found in which would put those, yeah, still those two together. But. Yeah, and it's the um, the style, the the material, the everything of the Mesopotamian, which is African, um, Indo-Asian, I don't know what that, the Holy Land area, um, the supposed Holy Land area. It's basically mm-hmm. something that was built, made there, and taken to the other side of the planet. And that's the story of the Anunnaki, is that the one fled there, and he wanted to create humans is not a slave race as an actual spiritual being you know race or spiritual physical being race and um also that thing i told you about with the like bird person carving that they found one over in like the egypt area that might have been mesopotamia too but then they found it over near i think ecuador so South American area where they're like found yeah. this, you know, and it's the exact same inscription holding a very similar object. They look the same. Their heads are shaped the same. They're feathered. They're very bird-like people. And these two almost identical carvings are on opposite sides of the planet. Almost definitely different continents that, fit this Anunnaki narrative and they're like six or eight miles away from each other. If you follow the equator. So like, so obviously they're on like almost different sides of the planet, but they're like, when it comes to their, how far away from the equator they are, it, if they were in the same place, it'd be only like eight miles apart. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of across the same ley line. Yeah, I think that's really important, mostly because I'm a really big fan of Metroid, and you know the ancient that left her all the knowledge for the bird people. So that brings me to my my belief about the media. Like the media is this cabal of just people trying to control, but Yah has a way of inspiring, kind of like Scripture. It's really eerily like Scripture has a way of inspiring what people write about and what people actually get into the movies because there are these things coming out in movies that it's like, that's just like this ancient uh, belief that's like just now being figured out. That's kind of (laughs) interesting, you know? Yeah. There's, there's a, there's two things I want to share about that. But before that, there's a uh, passage in the scriptures that says that Yahweh uh, or God does not um, do anything unless he proclaims it first through his prophets. And it's believed that by people that really study the scriptures, that the enemy is held to the same standard, that he's not allowed to do anything without first broadcasting it out. So like, and again, I don't, you know, I don't want to get the podcast thrown off anything, but like, 
we had a really, really bad cough come through recently. And, uh, there are TV shows and books that came out within the last couple decades explaining exactly what happened. Oh, you're decades talking about the big, the big C word. <laughs> yeah. All, all 19 of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting because right, people would pick up on it. Yeah. I just wanted to, to clarify. Um, I feel like if we get kicked off, the, the blurry guys say this, and they're like, if we get kicked off and disappear, you know we hit the nail on the head. Yeah, we're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, you may never hear from us again, but start believing what we said, okay? <laughs> yeah. if, if you hear that we went into the witness protection program. <laughs> yeah. If we're just gone one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there was a the emo band bring me the horizon mm-hmm. their song uh parasite eve that they wrote right before the the pandemic mm. yeah and they're like uh people were calling them prophetic and they're like no we just like this was actually a song about a smaller pandemic that happened in asia and we talked about like if it went to on a bigger like realm, like we're not religious, we're not anything. But that's what I'm talking about. Is they don't know. You'll see it in yeah. And what they didn't tell you, they wrote it in Latin, and then they put on weird robes and started singing it, you know, chanting it all night on a full moon. <laughs> they are an emo band. So. Yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> no, but everybody was like, "You're <laughs> prophets," and they're like, "No, no, that's the lost prophets, different band, and they don't do this stuff." So. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to be a prophet. Not a good role. No, and it usually comes with heavy depression. That's what I've learned from reading all the prophets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of the prophets I, pretty yeah. much hated themselves. <laughs> they were definitely emotional. Yeah. I, I've done a lot of study of it. <laughs> they were definitely emotional. And I've done, uh, something I wanted to say before we wrap up about um, what was it, the birds thing. Because like the Anunnaki are thought to be like, not the reptilians, but reptilian-like, right? Well, there's supposed or to be multiple reptilian races, but you know my yeah. belief about the serpent in the garden being a reptilian yeah. race. Yeah. I think maybe a Draco, but that's a whole other yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I think Dracos that... are all considered to be pretty much bad. Like, there are good ones that in the um, secret space program, people will say... There are good ones that now work for us and are in hiding with us, like like a a um, witness protection program. But yeah. typically, that entire race is not for mankind. <laughs> yeah, I've heard they really like to eat people. But yeah. Yep. I don't have very good sources on these things. So. <laughs> no, no, no. But so, so the bird thing, the um, the Maserot or Maseroth. Yep. as it's written, is the ancient Hebrew um, understanding of astronomy and astrology. And the Maserot, um, first people will tell you um, that but all the signs are the same except for Scorpio was an eagle. Huh. Um, which is really important to know because the four compass signs of north, south, east, and west not necessarily in this order, but you have the face of a man, you have the face of an ox, the face of an eagle, and the other one. 
I don't remember what it is. It's, it's in prophecy all over scripture though. They talk about those four. Yeah. I, I think it's the, um, cherubim are said to have these four faces and people try to picture it. And it's like, well, no, it, it, like prophetically it's saying that they have an understanding of the map of the stars Yeah, because they have all four of those faces on their head, which means that they understand the four cardinal directions of space. And they tell people um, about it. That's why it's their faces. Exactly. <laughs> it's like they roll over it kind of. Yeah. Um, but before that, in even more ancient writings, they've found um, representations of all of those signs all being birds. So every one of the 12 signs are all different birds. Hmm. And that's all I know about it. But I heard that somewhere. I was like, that's really interesting with what you just said about that. And they could, you know, that the stars were understood as birds at one point. Well, they also think that the um, Meso, not Mesopotamian, Incan, maybe it's Incan god, Quetzalcoatlus. Mm-hmm. Um, he was bird related. They said that he could fly and and look bird like too, but human like. And they they're thinking that that's uh, another like the Anunnaki just through a different belief system, and Incan is through South America too. Yeah. So it's like that wouldn't be far off. I'm going through there, but I think it's further. It might be Hopi. Maybe I'm thinking Hopi Indians, which is still southwestern North America. So that's connected to down there. Yeah, it's not that far. Yeah. So there's definitely something there. And birds are supposed to be really closely related to reptiles. You know, that's what the dinosaurs evolved into, whatever. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me. But it's weird that um, the depiction of the Anunnaki are very man-like, but then you also get these like bird-like, and it almost it almost makes you think like oh, a aware situation, like a aware bird. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> America and Europe have the werewolf, right? But yeah. there are other old civilizations that don't have wolves but have wares. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I've heard of were hyenas, which sound horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, were jaguars, or maybe they're leopards. But If you read Aragon, there's were cats. Yep. They're kind of cool, though. They're, they're little. They're like house cats, slightly bigger than house cats. That's kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> They're very magical creatures. If they give you advice, you have to listen to it. They're prophetic. I think that cats in general <laughs> are very magical creatures. I think that they're much more empathetic than people actually think they are, and that's why they come off the way that they do and, and, and crazy sometimes because their behavior directly mirrors how their owners are internally, like in their minds. Um, in that they are, somebody got like just a spiritual download. Well, you know, you know, Jenny and she, I think she listens. Hi, Jenny. We won't say any other names or any other descriptors, but hi, Jenny. Um, and, uh, she said this too, and I heard it someplace else. That's why I kind of sort of believe it, but cats were a gift to the human race as energetic protectors and that they're very, very empathetic. Um, and that's why you, you see him 
interacting with things that aren't there and stuff like that and why they can purr at a frequency that helps human biology heal. Yeah. And then dogs. And supposedly I've heard that um, cats keep away evil spirits and that demonic things don't like cats. They don't like being around them. Yeah. Though I think I met a cat that was possessed. So, Well, you and me both. So, <laughs> so somebody's familiar. That was very interesting. <laughs> but um, but then dogs were physical protectors. Like they came as a, yeah. a pairing, which makes sense because dogs have way bigger balls than they're supposed to. And I'm not talking physically. Like you'll get a 50 pound dog chasing off a grizzly bear. Yeah, and it's like what wolves are afraid. Of. <laughs> <laughs> of and, grizzly bears. and everybody's seen a chihuahua and how fierce those things can be yeah it's like the smaller the dog the more brave they are dude it's ridiculous it's it's just... i think they, they keep the same amount of bravery and as their body strength it comes out more yeah. they can't hold it all yeah, they can't hold it in but it's like they get louder and and i mean in the animal world like the bigger you can look or the louder you can be is how scary you are pretty much so yeah <laughs> So that's just, but no, I mean, I, I think there's something to it because you can you can see it in the um, the relationship that people have with their pets, especially dogs and cats. So yeah, and you know, I've that cat that you and I like. I swear, our mother hit that cat with our car three times, at least twice. Yeah, and, I was thinking, thinking about that one, but yeah. Oh, I thought the <laughs> one you were thinking about. Like, so the cats have nine lives thing. Like, I believed that growing up because I thought I saw my my mother hit our cat with a car at least two times. And we're like, oh, she's just dead now. And then the cat would just come home later that night and just be fine. After fighting off some dog. Yeah. 90-pound <laughs> dog from across the street. Yeah. But, and then just everything else. And then just, like, living in that house, it was probably something else, but just seeing it after it did die like for real that was the thing that happened i've talked about that on the podcast the early ones well and i can solidify that more because i saw it at least two or three times after she died and i was convinced like from the pit of hell she hated me she had all of Uh, us yeah (laughs) she's doing the same shit that she did when i was a little kid after like when i saw her when she after she died and and everybody listened to this like i hated cats because of this one cat that i grew up with it was it was black so it looked like a little (laughs) demon especially at night when its eyes were glowing and it's a shadowy thing walking around well wait wait wait. it was black with a perfect white diamond on its chest and named tabitha after one of the witches on some tv show so <laughs> we had reasons to think it was creepy. It made you teleport one time. Yeah, yeah, like totally. <laughs> that, that's all. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> if you didn't teleport, did you jump down the entire staircase? Because I don't. Yeah. I was. I was I teleported out of fear. Is what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was in the vicinity when that happened, and there was no sounds of stairs happening. <laughs> anyway, so we'll let's just leave that 
kind of ambiguous. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> wants to know more, hit us up. You can comment or send an, an email. My email's out there. You can go to uh, Redacted Recovery or my podcast at, at Facebook. Um, it's on there. Yeah. And uh, hit us up. But uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. I really I had a good time talking to you today. Um, I'm glad that we got to do this. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm glad we did too. Um, and I think there's, I mean, there's so many things we talk about. I'd love to be back on in the future and talk about more things. If people are interested, um, if people aren't, then we'll just keep talking on our own. <laughs> well, I, I think we'll, we'll make it a little more pointed, but I wanted today to be a splatter in the face of just a bunch of stuff because, you know, yeah. we're, we're, it's more, today was more about meeting you and your beliefs and where you're coming from. But I like how our belief systems aren't far off and they came this, we, we have different specialties. We came from, we came from the same raising, but then we took different paths and, and came back, <laughs> you know, yeah. and not even came cool. back, but like came back to each other's belief systems. And, um, it really, we did that. So, so I think we did a good job of, of letting everybody know who you are and what you're about. Do you have anything you would like to share before we go? Um, I'll throw this in there real quick, just cause I thought it was interesting. Um, I, I don't know a lot about like the Anunnaki and stuff. You know, a lot more about that stuff. So every time I talk to you, I make connections with other things I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the really interesting things, and I haven't studied this out. I know I've talked a lot about Hebrew and stuff. I am not a Hebrew scholar. I don't speak Hebrew. I can decipher a couple of things, but like I listen to people that have put in a lot of study in ancient Hebrew. Right. Um, and I'm not talking modern Hebrew, what they speak in Israel and what they write in is this is goes back to paleo Hebrew text and things like that. And the understanding there. So the oldest manuscripts that they find from what I have heard uses a couple different terms. And one of them, I, we talked about, um, Yahweh or Yahweh earlier. Um, yod heh vav the name of the creator is supposedly Yahweh. Yeah. Um, but then, Sometimes, and I don't remember what this means in Hebrew, but sometimes there's a title before Yahweh. It's not Elohim, it's Enki. Hmm. <laughs> Which I know I haven't talked to you about. I thought you would find it interesting. So there's Yahweh, and then there's Enki Yahweh. Well, and it sounds confusing to people today because I thought Enki was the evil one, but I've told yeah. Lucas this in our talks that we've had off podcast before this that. I get those guys mixed up. That's part of me not retaining information well. <laughs> like, I get the story and I go, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to believe it. But then I, the details get lost in the back of my mind. So, like, it, that does make a lot of sense. And it's like mm-hmm. you just said, like, you don't know as much about the Anunnaki, but you could, you remembered their roles better than I do. So, 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 you know, you can see it happening right in front of you, folks. Um, (laughs) We're not making it up. Yeah, I just thought I'd leave that little tidbit. I thought it was interesting. Um, The people that studied it actually think that that differentiates when it's talking about Yahweh the Father versus Yahweh as like pre-incarnate Jesus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Or Yahusha, as I would normally say. But um, Right. Yeah, I just found it interesting that I threw that out there that it might lend even more credence to that, that these beings that we see in the Bible may have been the same ones that the ancient astronaut theorists are talking about and, you know, interacted with man in ways that we 
I think we know more about than we've been told. Um, mm-hmm. And that it's been hidden in history and that we've been lied to for a very, very long time. But yep, we need to get into that um, the the Vatican vault. They know. Yeah, they, I hear there's a whole wall, a whole wall of ancient scrolls. I listened to somebody who had gotten access to that to study something, and they bad. told her she. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they told her that she could use any of the scrolls she needed to. And she was amazed that she was allowed this. Um, but she said there's a whole wall that's like 50 feet long or something like 30, 50 feet. That's all about UFOs and aliens. That's in the Vatican. <laughs> yeah. They, they know way more than they, I think all the governments do. I think, I honestly oh, yeah. think that there are extraterrestrials, but the extraterrestrials are also the the angel races, but probably the fallen ones, you know, dropping their frequency down. I don't know. That's We're going to start a whole nother podcast trying to end this one. So, <laughs> yeah. We'll, Let's wrap her up then. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll bring it up. We're going to try and be pointed in our, in our topics moving forward. And, you know, we rabbit trail. That's something that comes along with being in a podcast with Mitchell. But I think everybody kind of does that. And it's good because you start to make connections and stuff that way. But so I am going to sign us off. It was really great having you on Luke, Lucas, however you want to go on air and um, yeah, just say goodbye to the people. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This was Lucas O'Brien, Mitchell's brother. Um, If you made it this far, congratulations. I'm glad (laughs) you're listening to us ramble. Um, hopefully I'll be on again to talk. Thanks guys. You're going to hear both of us again very soon. Goodbye everybody.